this week on More Than Just a Trophy Wife. But the interesting thing about it is I don't know if I would have gotten it together had that not happened as awful as a moment and experience as that was, especially as a new mom. I'm also grateful for it because it allowed me to catapult and to give myself permission to one, take care of me and that I come first because my husband could have been left with a six day old baby and been by himself. Hey, it's Isabella Levy, business mentor, speaker, and the host of More Than Just a Trophy Wife, a podcast where we talk all things reality, riches, and relationships. Let's get to it. Hello, my podcast fam, and welcome back to More Than Just a Trophy Wife. Today, I am joined with the one and only Sarah Hood. AKA Sarah Love Style, a wife, a former NFL player, special needs mummy, celebrity chef, lifestyle influencer, tech investor, and most importantly, autism advocate. Sarah champions the love style movement by challenging her fitness goals to elevate as a love style warrior in all areas of her life family, purpose, and play, and wants to inject this into the modern day woman. So, Tara, welcome to the show. Ooh, thank you. That's one heck of an introduction. Thanks. Well, you know, you've um, you've, achieved, you've achieved a lot. Uh, and you've also gone through a lot as well. Like, your journey is so powerful. And I believe that behind a powerful journey um, lies an extremely powerful purpose. Mm. And I feel like you're just complete living proof of that. So... I think a really good place to start would kind of be a screenshot of your story before all the, let's just say, quote unquote, success. (laughs) Oh gosh. So I, uh, I'm Ethiopian. Um, My parents actually fled war-torn Ethiopia back in the eighties. And uh, I was born in a refugee camp in Sudan. We were super blessed that we ended up in the United States, which is actually a long story in and of itself because almost that was blocked. Uh, we came to the States and, uh, you know, life has an interesting way. Some people say that they have like really profound, like that one aha moment in their lives. I've probably had like 17, you know, from my heart attack at 23, um, having an autistic son. Uh, you know, it's just, it's an interesting, the story behind the purpose, a lot of it has to do with like some of the pain, some of the hardships, but those are the things that bring you out and create like this beautiful butterfly, right? After mm-hmm. it was, yeah, my, my life is definitely, <laughs> it's an interesting one for sure. Yeah. And I just want to back up there because also like when we've come out of the pain, and I know that you are, I know that you still move through life just like everyone and the, there's challenges. But when we do come out of those painful moments, we can come sometimes like look back um, and be like, okay, I'm I'm out of that. When someone new, like listening to your story, I'm just like, whoa, you know, like heart attack, autistic child. Like it, it's just so difficult on top of like being a woman of the world and especially being a wife of an NFL player too. Like it can, it can be a lot. So where I want to dive into is from when you had your first child to six days later, you had a heart attack. That is life-changing um, for sure. Yeah, it's, um, you know, when, when I had my son, I knew 
I knew right away something was off and something was wrong. And a lot of times um, we, especially with your first one, you ignore your intuition because you're like, okay, I'm a first time mom, um, which is actually what doctors and nurses told me is listen, like chill, it'll be fine. But I had something in my soul and my spirit was telling me something was wrong um, with him and with me, but I couldn't pinpoint what it was. Um, and I went home and I thank God for a mother's intuition and and for, for my parents. And my parents were like, something is wrong with her. It's just something's off. Um, and I am stubborn <laughs> as all outdoors. And I'm like, no, I'm not a punk. I'm going to get through like motherhood. I can't be weak now. I've only made it. It's only been six days. I can't, I can't, I can't punk out on motherhood yet. It's too soon. Uh, and I was actually on my way to go to sleep. And I'm so, so blessed that my mom was like, no, come here. And she checked my pulse and she's like, Some, something is wrong. And now we're like rushing to the ER. We're in the middle of nowhere, Pittsburgh. This is by the way, before there was GPS, like in on my phone, there, there was no GPS on the iPhone yet. Um, so we're lost. We're in the middle of nowhere. We finally find a hospital. And I remember the, the nurse or whoever was in the ER, she was like, she looks fine. She'll be all right. Like she was getting ready to send us home. She didn't check me. She didn't do anything. And a newborn is not allowed in the ER. So we're trying to figure out how to navigate a newborn baby. And um, by the way, this is well, my husband is gone three weeks for training camp in a whole nother city. Um, and, you know, then they finally checked me out and we're actually about to leave. And that's when I had my heart attack. So at least I had it in the right place. Um, you know, at, at least <laughs> that's, that's the silver line. I, I was she finds the positive in each moment. I like it. <laughs> had I gone to sleep, I would have died in my sleep that night. Had my mom not made me go. But the interesting thing about it is I don't know if I would have gotten it together had that not happened as awful as a moment and experience as that was, especially as a new mom. I'm also grateful for it because it allowed it, it allowed me to catapult and to give myself permission to one, take care of me and that I come first because my husband could have been left with a six day old baby and been by himself and never knew what happened. Like it was, it was that fast. So from, from that point, I definitely made sure that I focused on my purpose, my why focused on giving myself the permission to live not just survive, but to live. Um, because I made them the center of my world and I forgot that I, I still have to live. I'm 23. I didn't, I'm not dead. I'm married. I'm a mom. I didn't die. Like me, Sarah Hood did not die just because those things happened in my life. And um, that's that was the motivation behind why I needed to do something for me, not him, not my husband, not my son, for me. Yeah, it's like, you get waking up in such a huge way that yeah. God kind of knows that's the only way to, to wake a woman like you up. You know, like you just said, oh, you're wow. setting your ways. You're the person that keeps it going. You want to make sure that everyone is good. Like and you to basically put yourself at the back. And then you, then you just said right there, like you realized that you needed to center yourself back into who you were. Um, and from that place, you're able to do such bigger things. Was there a time period before this that you did feel like the Sarah that you knew was kind of 
dissolving more and really like stepping into the sidelines and like being a part of the shadows when you knew so much that like you're Sarah Hood, like you're Sarah Love Style, you know? Right. You know, the truth is, yeah. And and even after that moment, when our son, after I realized like, like we had some serious issues, I I realized probably by the time Josiah was about six or seven months old, like we're, there's seriously a problem here. And the way that I know how to cope or I knew how to cope was to dive into something. And so I dove, all, you know, I put all my energy into him, meaning our son. And um, then I find out like a year later, I, I lose 50 pounds and I find out I'm pregnant again. I'm like, come on, man. Like, come on. But you know what? It was, it was the best thing that ever happened um, to have the boys close together. But again, I dove back into, I got my health in order, but I dove back into my children. Right. So now I'm 26, 27 and I look in the mirror and I don't know what happened. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Mm. And I had to have a very serious conversation with myself about, is this it? I'm so far in the shadow. Nobody knows I exist. Nobody cares to know that I exist. I'm actually a really good person. I'm really cool. I'm like, hello, <laughs> hello, 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 like nothing, nobody. And it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's such a strange experience. And a part of me likes I, the introvert part of me likes being in the background and being in the shadows, but I realized that I had so much to say and there was so much I needed to share and God and I had to have some very serious conversations about what is my purpose? Cause this can't be it. Mm-hmm. It just can't be, this cannot be the beginning and the end of who I am is to be someone's wife and somebody's mother. And, and if, and, and if my if God had said, listen, your job is to raise these two boys and they're going to be the next president in the United States, or they're going to be whatever, you know, they might be the next scientist or they come up with a cure for cancer, whatever. And if that was my role, I would have happily accepted it. But I knew in my soul that that was not it. Yeah. I love what you just said because me and uh, Kenji, my partner, were having a really big conversation the other day in terms of like, you know, everything that I do about empowering women in their independence and making their own impact and creating their own income. And he literally said to me, like, what happens though, if like someone's fulfilled with being the mom and being the wife. And I'm like, don't get this twisted. Like that's totally fine. Like if that's their desire and that's their fulfillment, but the truth is I speak to these women day in and day out and 85% of the time that actually isn't it. And I do believe that God puts in all women to, to be the care and to, to look after, to look after the babies and to be the most amazing wife, just like he puts in the man to, pro, to provide for us and provide for the babies and provide for the wife. So from there, um, I know that women feel like there is so much more for them. Um, but they spend a lot of time staying in that. Yeah. I think that there is so much more for me and you spent a good, like four years of your life there. Right. Like I did you were there, scrolling through the Insta, checking everyone else that was cool, attending the parties. Um, and you were kind of still dreaming rather than doing. Yeah. Well, and, and, but I also understood timing and where I, where I was then is not who I am now. 
but I needed that part of the journey because those two or three years is where I, I worked on myself. Like that was my self-discovery. That's where I focused my attention on my spiritual growth, my physical health, my uh, focus on my attention. And because we had a special needs child, that's where my focus needed to be. But I'm telling you, when, when I looked in that mirror that day, I'll never forget. It was like, it was instant. I knew it, it, it was time. And if I missed my moment, God would find somebody else. Yes. And that is the scariest thing that if you think someone else is going to stand in what you're called to do, you're, you're, th- there's going to be a regret there. You know, when people say live life with no regrets, that, that would have been a big one. Yes. I, I definitely fulfilled that part of my life when I needed to, but it was, I don't know if you get this, but it was a pull so strong that I couldn't ignore it. There was, there was no way to walk away from what I knew I needed to do. But if I didn't move and if I just sat back and I waited for the perfect timing or, okay, the timing is not right or it's not right. Okay. The one day tomorrow, the perfect time, it never comes. Nope. It does not come. Well, how did you then move out of the perfectionism, the self-doubt, the the fear, everything that holds the 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 woman back from really stepping into that purpose fully. Like, how did you step into a new way of doing life um, and really make that decision for yourself to move forward? Um, it was actually a conversation I had um, with who's actually my manager now. Um, I was so angry because of a situation that happened with our oldest one um, where I had to fight uh, a county just to get him resources for um, that he was lawfully deserved and needed to get. And I was so angry that it was kind of my put up or shut up moment. And that was the moment I realized my why. So I could either sit in the background and complain and moan and groan and and whine, or I could do something about it with the platform that I had. But for me, it was important. If someone was to go look at my page, my entire platform is mine and mine alone. You're not gonna see anything about anyone else. Not my husband, not my children. My children for personal reasons, but you know, just to keep my life private. Um, but it was really important to me that my focus was, hey, listen, listen to the message that I'm giving you and not be overshadowed or distracted by my personal life. And so not that there's anything wrong with that, by the way, because, um, you know, that is a big, cool part of my life. But um, I needed to put up or shut up. And I have the resources. I've got the finances. I've got, you know, I, I have all of these things. I've got the network and I am still struggling to help my son. And if I'm struggling, so what does somebody else do? That's a single mom, a single dad, uh, a family that's just trying to get by. And so that that was my initial why for why I started the page and I rebranded to Sarah Lovestyle. But then that and one why turned to like 17 other ventures that I didn't consider because that I always said in another life, I would have been a chef. Well, I already almost died. How many lives do I get? Like, yep. Sis, get it together, get it together. So then the, you know, then came the food and food is again, a huge part of my family and a part of my story with my children that every aspect of my career has really evolved from that initial why, which is the kids, you have something to say. So say it mm. before somebody doesn't care anymore or before 
for whatever reason, people don't want to listen or, uh, you know, it's interesting. I never liked social media prior. And so, but my why was why I got into social media to begin with. Yeah. I hear like, if people want to walk away with kind of the practical steps to that, it's like you first off, like eliminated all the distractions. Like I understand that there is so much other things that are going on that can distract me, that can hold me back, that can make me feel less than myself, but I got to eliminate this and I just got to focus on me. And then in that you're like, okay, well, what's important about me? And then you go like second step, my why, like what is my why and how can I use this to drive me forward? And then the third step, which I have to say you do so well, and you're one of very few people that I do believe that does just when I've got my business brain on is that like you really threw your passions in there. And oh, yes. got a lot of passions and I love people that have got so much passions and when they try and put them all into the one business, normally I'm just like, oh, can you just not, can you just stop? Like, no, we're going to drive yourself mad. You do that really, really well. It, uh, a part of me thinks like maybe something is wrong with me because I like having six pots on the, like on the stove all at once. I, I thrive off of having six different things going on at the same time. But you know, I, uh, I had someone ask me a couple of weeks ago, like, can you have passions? Is your passion and your purpose the same? And if they're not the same, then can you make your passion into your purpose? And the thing that people mistake is that they think that passion and purpose are synonymous and they're not you. Your purpose is your absolute resolute soul fulfilling must do like that. That's what that is. Your, your passions can change. You can have multiple passions, which I do. Um, and I enjoy having several different passions because I'm just crazy like that. But my why and my purpose is still one thing. And as long as I have that one thing, my folk, it's easy to stay focused. And some people will say motivated, even though I don't really like the word motivation because it's based on your feelings and how I feel. I don't care how I feel. I just have to do it. That, that's how strongly I feel about my purpose. And that is what I think that is mistaken. It's like people are passionate about things and they want to move forward with it. And they're like, but you know, why am I in the same place? It's like, because it's, it doesn't mean that much to you right now. And it's like, you know, when people take part in like my masterclasses or um, a free experience that I host and they come to me and they're like, Hey, I, I want to make this. I'm like, I know you want it, but it is not a must for you. And I only work with people that it's, it's a must. And what you said, there's a difference between being available to, to be motivated that can go up and down. But if you're available for transformation, you know that in those down days, you're still going to be getting up because you got a why to fulfill. Um, and you must do that. Like one of the passions may fall aside that day. You know, maybe, maybe girl can't cook that day because there's too much going exactly. on. <laughs> centered into like, I I'm here to do this. And this is a part of my calling. And I think that that's the fourth thing that I want to add on to when I asked, how did you overcome, um, is eliminate distractions, focus in on the why, uh, allow yourself to maneuver your passions around it, but then focus back into, you know, the driving force of really why you're doing it. Yep. Because you don't have a choice that your, your why pulls you so hard that it doesn't matter if I'm tired. It doesn't matter if I'm sleepy. It doesn't matter if I'm not motivated. It doesn't matter how I feel. 
it it literally does not matter. It has to be completed and it has to be um, finished. I think with with passions, they come and go. Um, do I always feel like cooking? No. But is that a huge passion for me? Absolutely. Um, I love to read, but am I always motivated to go read something? Maybe today I'm not. Maybe I don't feel like it. Um, if I... Like with, for example, for me, because I know my why for why I work out, that's not an option for me. It, to not do it is not an option. It doesn't matter how I feel, I have to complete it because I want to be healthy and I want to live. And until it pulls you so strongly that it just, can't, your day is not complete, your soul is not complete, your spirit is not complete until you do it. You have to get to that place, but it's also because it becomes a priority and people only do what they prioritize. So, you know, I just, I, I wish I could do, you could, it's just not a priority It's to you. Like, let's be honest about it. Cause if it was a priority, you would get it done. And I don't do all the excuses. So that's, that's another thing. I've got a question that I would love to yeah. get insight into yeah. your brain on. So <laughs> when you, when you were, fulfilling the the roles of wife, mom, still becoming healthier, doing all of the things to actually like, you know, rediscover yourself. And then you were moving into the business side, your purpose side of things. I understand that priorities may not shift, but there's kind of more that's added to them. And for women, I see that for partners of pro athletes, I see, this is the, the field that I'm speaking in right now. I see that they do find it difficult and they do find it a challenge to shift the priority of, of, of putting it on themselves. Did you feel that? And have you got any practical advice that you could share with them to overcome that? Um, in terms of how to shift their priorities into their business? How to, sh how to shift their priorities and understanding like you get to go after your own dream too, and you get to use the opportunity of what you're in right now with, with the finances, with the network, um, everything that you've got, that other people are fulfilling their purpose and just praying they wish that they had everything that you have right now. Um, what was that shift like for you? Now, before we move further into this episode, I wanted to share with you that the doors for my brand new program, the Trophy Life Academy, are now open. I know, exciting times. This is a six months coaching and mentoring program for women with successful partners who are ready to prioritize themselves and their own entrepreneurial goals. The Trophy Life Academy is going to support you in successfully stepping into your power, scaling your business to 10K months, and taking your relationships to new heights. I mean, who doesn't want that? You're going to be receiving high-level coaching and mentoring from me, myself, and I, lifetime access to a membership suite, which is full of all things that you're going to need to get yourself to where you want to be. It is split into three departments, reality, riches, and relationships. As well as all of this good stuff, you're going to have access to a private community where you'll be able to ask your further questions and gain feedback from myself and the team in between your coaching calls. Now, inside of this community, you're also going to be able to connect with other incredible trophy lifers from around the world. So we got to make sure that inside this program, there are only women that are fully going for it. In order to learn more about the Trophy Life Academy and to see if it is for you, I invite you to book in a call with me at www.isabellalevy.com forward slash talk. From there, we're going to be able to get you booked in with a call and see if the program is a perfect fit for you.
So I will say this mom guilt is real. Like it's so real. Um, even, even as a wife, the, the guilt is there because that's time away from your spouse. That's time away from your children. Um, the third thing, which I think can be the most, I don't, damages, damaging isn't the right word, but that can be the biggest hindrance I would say is comfortability because it's so easy to be comfortable with where you are because you don't have to necessarily, or, um, because of time with the kids and because of schedule and everything that happens, it's really easy to become comfortable in your routine. This, I truly believe that like when I get comfortable, I start getting nervous because that means my growth has stopped. That means that I have, I, I have stalled. I don't like that. I don't like that feeling of complacency. So when I, when I come to a place where I'm uncomfortable, I actually get excited because I know that's where my growth is about to happen because all the work is done underground. A seed doesn't grow from above. It's from underneath. And so when it comes to like having that mom guilt or guilt about not being able to spend time with your spouse or, or even just not knowing where to start. So you're just like, well, F it, I don't have to do it. But for me, I forced myself out of that place. I had to work on Sarahhood. And when I worked on me, I found my power, I found my strength, I found my independence. I found um, I found so many things that I didn't even know I had within me. But it was a painful journey to get to that point. Um, obviously, it's also important to have a spouse that is um, comfortable with your growth and your journey, but also having a spouse that encourages you and supports you on that journey. But you have to draw yourself out of that place of comfort because you're not going to be able to find where your passion purpose may lie. And you may not even find your why, because a lot of times your why is based on pain or a trauma and it doesn't feel good. So when, when you draw that place and you know why you do something, your focus now no longer becomes your spouse and what makes them happy, but it starts to focus on you and what makes you happy. And also understanding that because passions can change, like that's okay. As long as you know what your purpose is, you have to be able to recognize your pivot. And there's going to be a lot of pivots. I started in beauty. I never would have imagined I'd be in tech ever, not, not ever in life. But that's okay. It's 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 shifting and pivoting along the way. But each of those steps is it, there are some growing pains. There's pains and mistakes that you'll make. But you know, obviously, the goal is also to have like great coaches and mentors who help you along your way. But understanding that that journey is yours and yours alone to make. Your kids can't do it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. You have to get uncomfortable. But you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, I love it. And an exercise that I always share with my people is literally just imagine your life right now, mm -hmm. the house, the car, the kids, like everything that you've got, the finances, the bank account, like whatever anyone's got, right? Doesn't matter if you're playing for a big club, small club, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you feel comfortable there, imagine just a blanket being ripped from underneath it, 
where does everything go and can you what parts and what areas can you still hold up are you still are you still the amazing wife when he's out of contract are you still the most amazing mom um when you still want to go after like your own purpose and do um when when you still want to um go after your own purpose as well my thing is like you've got to remove the security blanket in yeah. order for you to remove the comfortability and the complacency and realize like, hey, there is way more to life. Mm. And I don't want to get that twisted with like you being able to be looked after by your man. Um, An analogy that I always use is like this plastic bottle, for example, like Mm. I see my man being the bottle and me being kind of the water in the relationship i'm able to flow you know everything everything feels good but like he's got like the kind of the solid systems and structures now if that was taken away maybe i would kind of like drip out could i be my own bottle yes but women weren't made to actually be that way and that's where i think that it's quite difficult for women to find that balance of okay well then where do i fit in what business do I embark on? What is my purpose? And, you know, I thought that my purpose is just in this household. Mm-hmm. So it's such a beautiful journey when someone decides to go on it. But just like you did, you've got to decide. You've got to make the decision because you're the one that has to get yourself up sometimes when it's kind of the, the traumatic or the pain doesn't happen. Um, and I fully believe that every woman's got a story, right? I fully believe that this is the pain and the trauma there, even if you've kind of like squashed it down and you've pretended that, you know, things have been perfect pr- for a pretty while now. Like I always just say, remember who you are, like remember who you are. And if you had no limits, what would you go ahead and do? That's literally the first question that I ask people when, um, when they're coaching with me is if you could do anything, barring finances, forgetting, forgetting every element in life, if all things were perfect, what would you do? And I'm always surprised by the answers because it's not what they're working on, though. It's not what they're doing. Um, you know, one of the things that I did when I started my business was I put $100 in the bank account <clears throat> under Sarah Lifestyle, and that was the only money I could touch. So, no, I don't touch any of our personal finances. It's this space and the space alone. So now I literally have to operate like a business owner with $100 in the bank. What do I do now? Clever. I like that for people. Don't have a choice. I have to make it work. If I'm a business owner, what am I going to do? Quit? No. So if I got to be up at 3 a.m., I just got to get it done. If I have to work until 4 a.m., guess what? You just get it done. They say the hustle is sold separately. And it is. It is. It's it's work. But it's, and, and you're so right. It, it And I am all about structure. I truly believe that there has to be structure uh, with my kids, but also in my business and in, in my my life. But that structure isn't always there. So you have to create it for yourself in the avenue in which you want. And if you don't know what you want and you don't know what business you want to start in, the crazy thing is I would say just start. Just start. What, what are you the most passionate about? What do you love? If you could do anything in the world, what would it be? Whatever it is, just start. Because you don't know what it's going to take. Yep. I didn't know a darn thing about tech four years ago. And here I am. Yeah. I never imagined I'd be cooking. And yet here I am. Never imagined I'd be doing a 12-city tour and before COVID. And yet here I am. But you got to take that leap. It's faith. 
literally it's faith over fear every single day, every single day, even when you're in the business, right? Like you still are going to be up against that fear. There's still going to be things that don't go your way and you have to trust in, trust in that faith. I know that uh, you've been doing this for a while now and you are super successful um, in the influencer world and you've got everything going on. As I said, like honestly, with your passions that you bring in together, you, you really do rock it. You really do rock it. What would you say to someone that desires to become an influencer? Uh, one, start. Here's the thing about influence is... Um, People assume that you need to have thousands of followers to have influence. You just need one. If you have one follower and you can influence that one follower, hopefully positively, then you've done your job. That That's an influencer. There, being an influencer also comes with a responsibility of your message, of making... because. The thing about being an influencer is there's only one you. Your story is what separates you from everybody else. I think, um, you know, folks think that you have to be like so-and-so. Well, something worked for this influencer and it worked for that influencer. But that influencer isn't you. Your journey, your story is what makes you the most perfect, effective entrepreneur as an influencer that you can be. Brands don't pay for a cute face. There's millions of cute faces. They're paying you for your story. And being able to convey that story is what makes you the ultimate influencer. So even while you're trying to figure out, you know, what direction you want to go in and what your your purpose is behind um, you know, your influence, if you can be a storyteller, then you've done your job. And the other thing I would say too is <laughs> uh you know, I always get asked, how do you, how do you balance it? Uh, there's no such thing. It doesn't exist. There's, Agreed. There, there's no such thing. The days where I am the ultimate entrepreneur, my best CEO, and I mean, I rocked it that day, is the days where I'm an awful wife and mom, like that, just being honest. And then when I am like just nailing it at home, I'm the worst entrepreneur. It, there's no perfect answer. There's no right way to do it. Just know that that balance of like where everything is 50-50 and everything is copacetic, it doesn't really exist. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. I always say that there are seasons in everyone's yes. life. In some season, you're going to be going through a launch and you're going to have to hustle hustle it out. And, you know, you may not be your man's best friend at that point. Um, <laughs> and there's, there's, so, there's so many, you know, examples of different women that are like, I just need to get it all together and ha and have the balance. It's it's just it's just you're trying to live up to perfection again, and it really doesn't exist. Meaning that you're not going to move forward with it because you know that that's impossible because there's only a certain amount of hours in the day Correct. if you desire to sleep. And I mean, someone like you, you just don't sleep. You're like, I got to get this done. It's going to get done. No sleep's going to happen. I just I just do. You 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 just get it done. Things have, but again, it's. It's my priority. It has been a huge priority and goal for me. And I've and I I enjoy being a visionary. So I have seen for everything that I do, I I don't do anything random. That's the other thing too for me is um, everything is strategic. So making sure that every single move that I make, every 
everything is elevated and gets to continually be elevated. So I only operate in excellence. And if I can't do it in excellence, I don't do it. And if I can't continue to grow from that one stage onto the next thing and making sure that I can do it again in excellence, I don't do it. Because what I don't like is a, um, I don't, I'm not a one hit wonder. So it's how do I, how do I maneuver, grow excellence, maneuver, grow excellence, but without the shadow of football. I, that's always been a priority for me is to create something where I can show my kids, like mommy was a bad A, like she was so bad. But I, I have made it also a priority to make sure that I'm not just present, but I'm also an active mom. And so because that's my priority, the way that I work is I work at night when my kids go to sleep. So that means my second half of my workday when the kids aren't in school is from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Like those are my hours, but it's my priority. The things that I'm looking to build because I've seen the vision. So when it is so vivid, that's the thing about vision when it's so vivid you i have seen like i've seen the dress that i'm going to wear on a red carpet that i i don't even know i've seen it i I have i've seen my speech it's so crazy so this is the first time i've ever said this so i don't know why i've never even wanted to be on tv i've never none of that has ever been my never thought would be my goal. But I remember back last year in December, I had this dream that for some reason I won like an Emmy or something. And I have on this red dress. I know exactly what it looks like. I remember my speech. I got up that night at four in the morning and I wrote my speech for my future Emmy. Like when you see it like that, you don't have a choice but to work for it. I It burns, like right now I'm shaking. I. It is flowing through every part of my body because I can see it. And the thing about entrepreneurship for a lot of us is like when you work with somebody, you can see their potential. When when we're coaching someone, we can see the vision of where they can be, but they have to see it. And when you see it for yourself, there is nothing that can stop you from reaching that. When 2020 happened, my tour stopped. Literally because of COVID, my entire tour that I spent a year planning for went down the drain. Rather than panicking, all I did was pivot it. Okay, how do we still make sure that that same goal, how do we get to that goal in the midst of all of this? And just when I was like, dang, God, could you at least give me like a little sneak peek into like, am I still on the right path? Do I need to get off the path? Do I need to go sideways? And then I got the reassurance. I got one phone call and I'm like, dang, okay, okay. I hear you, God. Yeah, it's like you you have the visions and then you get the confirmations as well. So even if the challenges come up, you're like, yeah, but I've already seen it. I already got the message. So I I just need to keep pursuing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that you continue to pursue and why I think that you are an amazing influence to the world um, is really raising awareness for autistic children, autistic parents, um, and you've done huge changes with that. Um, And I think that that can get overlooked from communities outside of that world because maybe it's not as magnified in our world. Um, And something that I'm really um, proactively 
and consciously doing is to really look into other people's worlds um, and magnify that in my own world too. Um, so I would love for you to share with my community um, how important it really is, um, what you do in terms of standing up for autism, um, autistic children's rights and their resources not just their resources too, the, the parents' resources as well, yeah. because, um, you know, it, I, my heart really does go out just in terms of how much energy and effort that goes into your children, like times a hundred that any other um, mom does at the same time as developing this incredible child that is super special um, in so many different ways. So I would love it if you could share how you've done that so far, what your vision is, um, and how everyone else can get involved with it too. You know, because he was my why, and, and because it came from such a frustrating place, um, gosh, my why started from my greatest pain. Um, and the thing about, the thing about being a mom is you have all these visions of what you thought your child's future would be. You're pregnant. You have all these ideas of, of the future that, um, you, it's funny. It's the future that I planned for him, which is so, which is, we can't help it, but it's so wrong. But it's it's this future that I, I had planned for him and the, and the things that I thought we were going to do and the way that my family was supposed to look. And like, I did everything right. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I did everything right. And there's still a part of you that says, as a mom, like, what did I do wrong? Or where did I go wrong? And then, um, you know, then you have this beautiful child and you go through this phase where you're like, okay, why me? And then the next step, um, and I think it was the hardest for me, was there's a grieving period when your child is diagnosed. Um, and for us, he is uh, not only autistic, but he's also got epilepsy and he's nonverbal. And you get hit with all of these things, one after another, after another. And you're like, what just happened? You feel like you've been hit by a Mack truck and you know, I, I used to feel guilty for crying, especially early on, but I realized that in order even for me to heal, I had to grieve that. Like I had to grieve what I thought would be his future. And then, and then once I got to that place of healing and I, and I dove into, you know, Josiah and his, his future, I realized too, that when I look at my sons, my dreams for them don't change. Amen. They, they don't change. I still want to have the most independent, well-mannered, incredible human beings that give to society that are, uh, you know, your dreams don't, mine at least did not change for them. And once I dealt with that, then, then I dove into like, how do I give him the best life, which we do physical therapy, occupational therapy, we do, um, ABA, which is applied behavior analysis. And if you don't know what that is, I highly recommend you look it up because it's life-changing. And every step of the way, like we were told he wouldn't walk, he walks. Okay. We were told all of these things that would never happen and they're slow and they happen. Um, and you learn to celebrate every single moment, but like, especially in the world that we live in, I didn't know anyone who had a child with special needs. Like we don't, we don't really talk about that in our sports community. Um, 
back, especially back then five years, no one knew for five years when we lived in Pittsburgh that we had a child with special needs. And it's not that we hit it. We just had nobody to talk to. And there was no one that I knew that I, I had that nothing. And it's such a lonely journey. Um, and the beautiful thing about social media, though, is I was able to find a community of women when I started really talking about it, who are like, oh, shoot, me too. Okay, me too. Me too. I'm, I'm dealing with this too. Or, um, and I have every resource essentially available and I'm still struggling. And I'm thinking about all these families, like, this is not okay. So I've got this platform. Let me talk about it. Let me, what I didn't realize is when I started talking about it, that it would be healing for me but it would also be healing for, for others and for other moms. Um, you know, I've, I've spoken to a few parents now who are, who are in the league and they say, Oh, I didn't talk about it until you talked about it. Or I didn't even know it was okay to talk about it. And I thought I was alone. And the thing about children is they're such a gift. I see the world so differently because of him. I look at the beauty in all things. I'm able to read people without them ever saying a word. Wow. Because of Josiah. I can see when someone is not okay, or I can feel when someone's not okay because, because I have to use those skills. And and so now like people's nonverbal communication is very visible to me. And sometimes we think that nonverbal means, you know, not being able to communicate, but that's not true. They are communicating. It's just different. You just have to see it differently. And so every single person that I see, okay, they look like they're look like they're okay, but they're not. And I I can feel it. So I know that that's where I need to spend a couple of minutes with them or give them a hug or say hello or make sure I, sh- I give a smile. It, it has really expanded the way that I see the world and I see things that I normally would have overlooked had it not been for him. Um, you know, it's, I will say this, especially as a businesswoman, um, between all the therapy that we do, school and, you know, everything else, like we as a family are, uh, we immerse ourselves into every aspect of, of his life, making sure that he has the best in every area, um, whether that's at school or at home. So when people reach out to me and they're like, hey, do you have a resource for X, Y, and Z? I'm like, heck yeah, a- ask me. Cause it's a needle in a haystack to find that information. It's there, but, people aren't necessarily willing to give it because it's more work. It's not cost effective. It's not cute. It's not fun. Um, But I don't care. Like advocate for your child. I am a mama bear to my core. I will fight you, your mama, your daddy. Like I will take out someone's kneecap, your grandma. Everybody can get it. If you mess with my son, like I'll fight everyone and I don't fight fair. So <laughs> I'm taking you out at the knees. So and, and that's the way you have to advocate for, for your children and for your child because Josiah can't advocate for himself. So guess what? I'm gonna fight that much harder. And I always like to say that I have a PhD in my son. So nobody can tell me anything. I don't care if it's a doctor, I don't care who it is. I have a PhD in Josiah. I think that's so beautiful and it's a 
message that we can all take in our own life. Like no one has a PhD over your life. Nope. You are the one with that and no one can really tell you different. And I think that miracles occur all the time when you look to God and you don't look for your source in doctors. Um, not that they're not that it's not about being qualified, but it's more about knowing that there is something else that is possible. Um, and sometimes you've got to fight for it. Sometimes you've got to pray harder for it, but you've got to hang on in there. And as I said, you're just living proof of hanging on in to your journey, through your journey and really coming out on the other side and still continue to, to fight for what you um, believe in as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, where can my podcast fam uh, connect with you? I am Sarah Lovestyle on Instagram, sarahlovestyle.com online, and also Sarah Lovestyle 20 on TikTok if you want to see me do terrible dances. <laughs> I, would, I would highly recommend that you guys do go follow her on TikTok because she's entertained, especially when I'm having like a down moment. I'll kind of just go to her Instagram and I'll be like, okay, yeah, I remember what life is all about. So make sure that you go ahead and follow her on her channel. I'll be dropping the links in the description below. As always, thank you so much for listening in, tuning in. You guys keep me so motivated with your encouraging messages and sharing all your takeaways um, through direct message. So keep them coming. Bye for now.